0: What we've got here is
1: failure to communicate. Some man you just can't reach. All right, kids, here we go. Next seminar up December 9th through the 11th, then February 17th through the 19th, and April 14th through the 16th. Just a reminder that the fee for the seminar will be going up just slightly in 2023. So if you want to save a couple bucks, sign up for December. For training camps on the list, we do have a self-sufficient lifter camp on November 19th. That's in Wichita Falls. Then we have our lift, shoot, fight camp. This will be our second camp. I'm doing this camp. That's a two-day camp, December 17th to the 18th, covering lifting, firearms instruction, and combatives. For other lifting camps on the list, in South Korea, the Seoul Brothers are holding two camps in one day on December 4th. First in the morning, a squat camp. And then in the afternoon, a deadlift and power clean camp. And you can save a couple bucks, 40 to be exact, if you sign up for both of them at the same time. For squat and deadlift camps with spots available November 19th in Mutis, Connecticut, that's Central Connecticut and Nino Strength and Conditioning, and then Chicago, December 11th at Starting Strength Chicago. And we're also pleased to announce that we're doing our first ever camp coached entirely in Spanish. That will be on January 21st in San Antonio at Starting Strength San Antonio. And finally, folks, the moment you've all been waiting for, the Starting Strength Lifting Boot is now available for pre-order. If you want to check that out and get your name on the list, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com forward slash boot. That's startingstrengthgyms.com forward slash boot. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage.
0: Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. Uh, Are you as anxious about this as I am? Is the anticipation killing you like it is me? I don't know that I could be any more keyed up and excited to be here today on Starting Strength Radio to talk to you about extremely important training topics. That we're going to discuss and what we're going to discuss today is why you won't do the program I recently written a series of articles about this on the website and i've got something to add to it and uh and we're just going to have a nice little conversation about that but first we've got to get this out of the way here and these are particularly egregious today but you want to see them. You want to hear the damn thing. So I'm going to read them to you. And that is, of course, comments, comments from, from, from the, the heaters. All right. All right. All right. The dickless motherfuckers that have <laughs> contributed to this week's episode of comments from the haters. This is particularly egregious. And, uh,
2: Determined how, by just your overall impression when you read them?
0: Uh, yes, my overall impression when I read them is is that...
2: Uh, if you feel... Well, all right.
0: For example, uh, my name is fake, says, <laughs> Jesus, could you be further up your own ass? And here's another one I can't even pronounce this. It's got a combination of letters and numbers and symbols and shit. Just answer the F blah 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 in question mark. Doesn't matter how long you letter you dealt with this, what matters is answering the question. <laughs> the real cue is how did you letter you end up here without having patience to answer the cue? Poor guy. Because I've already answered the fucking question, you stupid son of a bitch. Every video there is a word Rip chooses to speak like 10-20 times. The word of this video is pussy. Well, do you not understand why that is? I guess you don't, do you? All right. This is all right. This is fixing pain and injuries using barbells with Nick Delgadillo. This hey, is Starting drink Jim's podcast. It's not my podcast. This is you and uh, what's that boy's name? Ray. Uh, uh, Ray, I think. Yeah. Ray uh, are talking about something. I don't know what, but uh, I think
2: it's talking about pain and dealing with injuries trt
0: uh, let's see fixing pain and injuries using barbells with nick deal both of these guys are on trt and still look like crap and we never see them lift anything <laughs> don't take advice from these slobs <laughs> that's great and the only reason i read that because that's not really on topic it's a it's not even our podcast but this guy's calling you guys slobs <laughs> and i think it's time to spread the hatred around a little bit that's so, fine you two fucking slobs continue we've never, to do look, your
2: we've never limited hater you, comments to just your videos. Yeah, we have. That's no, not true at all. No. We have it? No, no, not one bit.
0: Oh well, I'm sorry. All right. No lie, starting strength will get you to a four fifty five squat at thirty percent body fat. <laughs> How Grayson Rice knows this, I'm I'm not sure. All right, now here's one from Kickback seventy nine. All right, there's a bunch of little emoji-looking fucking things in front of this. Everyone is different. This guy is straight. Cap'n, do what works for you. <laughs> this shill doesn't give a fuck. He just wants to sell ooh something. YouTube is all about dollar, 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 dollar.
2: <laughs> Cap'n means joking, I, thi- joking, I think, right? Happen. I look at Rusty. He's our resident. I don't know, fuck. Cap, yeah, no joking. Yeah, Captain. Yeah, no this, lie, this, no this, lie. That's a popular culture straight bullshit. Cap'n. Straight lying. Yeah. From
0: some illiterate son of a bitch. All right, here he is again. Same guy. <laughs> Same guy. Oh man. E- emoji, 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 emoji. <laughs> Smarten up, my guy. Emoji, 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 emoji. <laughs> Wish my grandpa was alive. He would beat the bricks off <laughs> oh, this, <laughs> off this lame. Lame is in uppercase. All right. Oh All right. man, that's good. Gonna... Ralph, Ralph, with a U in the middle of it, says twenty-four minutes of pure shit. <laughs> this is the barbell row with Mark Ripito. All right. Uh, here's one. Mark's beer belly is just wildly distracting, given his reputation.
2: <laughs> what?
0: Well, this is about the leg press with Mark Ripito. It's a classic. I don't even remember doing that's that old. video. That's That's old. A hundred years old. Yeah,
2: that's uh, at least ten years old.
0: Did I have a beer belly back then? Of course not. I that's thought I bad. had slabs of abs back yeah.
1: then. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, and to wrap up, Rip looks like an old meatloaf. <laughs> oh, thank God that's over. And that was this week's installment of (laughs) Comments from the Haters. Oh, man.
2: It's not not bad enough to be a meatloaf. It's got to be an old meatloaf.
0: Old meatloaf. (laughs) Old (laughs) meatloaf all right you sure we have to keep doing yes the, <laughs> you always ask and well, the gotta, answer is yes he, he's got to <laughs> ask now say it. you know it's part of the deal now it's part of the deal now is to ask <laughs> i keep thinking maybe one of these days we're going to change our answer you're going to say "Nah, i don't do them anymore that's going to happen you know and if you said no we don't need to do them anymore i'd probably say ah well fuck let's, keep, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> let's keep doing let's just keep that's doing exactly what everybody right. seems to have yeah. are you already working on the 200th anniversary show
2: i'll probably start on an episode one i think
0: you probably ought to start on it like here pretty quick because it's going to take you a while and you don't want to be behind <laughs> the eight ball was i behind as last they time? used to say no that was only a hundred
2: well i'm only doing another hundred
0: we're doing the next hundred yeah yeah but you're all busy and shit now
2: I was busy last time.
0: (laughs) Nah, not like you are now. (laughs) Not like you are now. All right. So, why you won't do the program. You know, there's a lot of reasons why you won't do the program. And the program, all right, here's the program. All All right. We're going to talk about why you won't do it. We need to talk about what it is. All right. So, the program is as follows. Starter Strength is composed of two different things all right the first thing is the way we do the exercises now the reason we do the exercises the way we do them is because we have thought about this quite a bit and uh and and what we do is involve The idea behind the exercises is to use the greatest amount of muscle mass over the longest effective range of motion in order to make that exercise use the most weight that you can use it and therefore get stronger. Because what is strength? Strength is how much force. You can generate against an external resistance. That's all strength is. There's not 18 kinds of strength. There's one kind of strength, and that's your ability to lift a heavier weight. All right? If your squat goes from 225 to 230, you got stronger because you've produced more force. And if that continues over time, then you force an adaptation that allows you to lift more weight. And that's what strength is. That's all it is someone who squats 500 is someone is stronger than someone who squats 400 it doesn't matter what your body weight is it just matters how much force they're producing all right weight classes are an interesting way to get more people to, con, to participate in your sport but the strongest guy is the one who lifts the most weight and that's typically the guys in the heavier weight classes now sometimes you'll find the 220 pound guy that's a lot stronger than a 275 pound or 308 guy when that happens the lighter guy is stronger than the heavier guy but what typically happens is the bigger you get the stronger you are especially if you've been doing this a while all right that's why you know all of your thousand pound plus deadlifters are in excess of 300 pounds of body weight Right now, yeah, there are 198-pound guys that lift four times body weight as opposed to three times body weight, but that doesn't matter. The guy that lifts the most weight is the strongest, and that's just the physics of the situation. So in, in our analysis, if we can get you to go from a 135-pound squat to a 405 squat, which we can do pretty much every time, If you're a guy, uh, then, uh, we got you stronger and, and our approach to it works for two reasons. One, we design the squat in a way that allows you to lift more weight by using more muscle mass over a longer effective range of motion, thus allowing you to produce more force over that longer effective range of motion with more muscle mass and therefore you got stronger I right, so the 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 program is very simple and one of the criticisms here or in fact the topic of the first article I wrote about this is the program is too simple and that's why you won't do it because you like complicated shit because everybody else but us tells you how complicated things need to be. Things don't need to be complicated. You need to do six exercises in the most effective way possible. And then you need to increase the amount of weight you use on these six exercises a little bit every time. And that's all there is to it. All right so the first thing about starting strength is the way we do the exercises the second way the thing about starting strength is the way we program the increases in weight we do sets of five because they work better than everything else and we take small incremental uh, what increases in weight every time you train for as long as we can now that is very simple you come into the gym and the first day your coach determines that 135 for three sets of five uh, is how much you're going to squat today because he's teaching you to squat starts with the empty bar then he goes to 75 pounds and he makes sure that the thing he taught you with the empty bar stays exactly the same at 75 and then we go to 95 pounds and then we go to 115 pounds and then we take the next logical jump, which is another 20 pounds, and that's 135. And to the, the experienced eye of your coach, it appears as though 135 is a good place to stop today. This is the, this is the first day you've ever squatted. 135 is a good, is a good number. And if we go 155, more importantly, it looks as though you were going to have a hard time maintaining the good technique that you have shown us at 135. So we stop at 135 and we do two more sets of five at that same weight. And let's say that's Monday. And then Wednesday you come in and you go to 145 for your three sets of five across. And it looks about like it did at 135, but you've gotten stronger because the stress applied by 135 on Monday you have adapted to by wednesday because you've eaten correctly and you've rested and since you have never done this before you are capable of adapting to that 10 pound jump friday you come in and you go to 155 for three sets of five having adapted to the 10 pound jump you took wednesday at 145. Now, it's Friday, and you've got two days to rest up. Monday, we come in, and we do 165. Now, you're already up 30 pounds, aren't you, on the squat? by taking small, relatively small jumps, 165, for three sets of five. Why fives? Because fives work the best. Tens don't work as well as fives. Ones don't work as well as fives. Threes don't work as well as fives, especially not right now fives work the best how do we know that because we've been doing this a long time and that is the phenomenology all right that's what's ha- that is what has happened over the decades and decades that people have been lifting weights sets of five work the best so that's what we're going to do we're going to do sets of five so now you're at 165 now 165 having taken three 10 pound jumps We might decide now to go down to five-pound jumps, and then Wednesday of the the following week, go to 170, and then on Friday, 175, and then on the following Monday, 180. Now, there's not any thought involved in this. This is not a complicated thing. This is a very, very simple thing. You're going to take five-pound jumps on the squat for as long as five-pound jumps can be taken the vast majority of young men can go six months on five pound jumps nothing more complicated than that five pound jumps and you will be uh squatting up in the mid to high 300s Before this slows down at all, if you're eating correctly, if you're resting long enough between the sets, and if you're taking the appropriate jumps, and it really is that simple, it's not any more complicated than producing a stress that you can adapt to, an appropriate stress, providing the environment for the adaptation to that stress, and by that I mean resting and eating. Eating more calories than you think is necessary. Eating sufficient protein to build the tissue that enables the heavier weight to be lifted. And then taking an appropriate jump the next time and continuing to accumulate the adaptation. And this is the, this is the critical word here. We are accumulating an adaptation. Five pounds at a time. And that's all there is to it. It's not any more complicated than that. You don't need it to be any more complicated than that. And anybody that wants it to be any more complicated than that is just trying to sell you something. All I sold you was a book, all right, that told you how this works and why. All right, I'm not asking you to send me money every week. You know, none of you send me a check. I've just provided you with the information. And the materials are very simple. So if you got somebody trying to make it complicated and charging you money to do that, well, you're just not, you're just, you know, you're a, what we call a patsy. You're a patsy. You're just, you know, falling into that commercial model of shit. Now, if you go to a starting strength gym and you are are paying for coaching there, that's a different matter entirely, isn't it? There's a man standing there telling you, what to do every week, making sure you're doing it correctly. You've decided that that's worth your money, and it probably is worth your money. If you're most people, you respond better to personal supervision if you are uncertain about what you're doing in terms of it being correct or not. And, you know, we're starting strength gyms are cheaper than personal training, all of them. cheaper than personal training in that market every single one of them it's the best deal you can have but those of you that are training at home by yourselves or training at a gym by yourself uh, have to realize this program is not complicated it's not supposed to be complicated because it doesn't need to be complicated every one of these six exercises is very very straightforward all right all of them respond to a small incremental increase, workout to workout, for a long time. And that length of time is determined by several things. It's determined by your genetic capability, your age, your hormonal status, whether you're a boy or a girl, you know. And uh, th- these things are, are are pretty much real easy to understand and it's, as a result the resulting program is very simple all right we squat and we squat a certain way we squat in a way that uses the most muscle mass over the longest range of motion so that you can lift the most weight and lift more weight and then more weight and then more weight and force yourself to adapt to get stronger to produce more and more force because that's what more weight on the bar requires, more force. Weight, force, same thing, right? Gravity, force, that sort of thing. You go from 225 to 230. 230 is heavier than 225, so you have to lift more, produce more force to lift it. You're going to lift it exactly the same way that you lifted 225. And if you do that... With five more pounds, then you are producing more force. The adaptation is therefore for strength. And that's what we're here for. We're not here for your quads. We're here for the squat. We're here for the movement pattern. That's why this is simple. All of these movement patterns involve a whole bunch of muscle mass. And we're not interested in the constituent muscle groups involved in the squat. We are We are concerned with the force produced during the movement pattern. We are not concerned with muscle groups. We're not concerned with individual muscles. We're not bodybuilding. We are strength training. We are not bodybuilding. We are strength training. Please try to understand this all right that's one of the hardest things to get through people's heads because of the muscle magazines on the shelves for years and years and the pictures of frank zane and all this other shit all right you're we don't care about your quads we care about your squat and all of the muscle mass involved in the squat gets stronger all of it every single one of the muscle groups that contribute to the squat gets stronger as the squat increases in weight because they have to all right it it really is this simple all right now the the exercises i'm talking about are the squat the press the deadlift the bench press the power clean and the chin because we use chins fairly early in the program chins are an assistance exercise now and there's two ways to approach chins, and you can do it either way you want to. If you can already do a, a bunch of chins, if you're at, say for a, for example a lighter body weight, you're a 180 pound guy, and you're you're able to chin yourself 10 or 15 times already, uh, you might choose to do uh, progressive overload with additional weight for sets of five. Uh, you can do that, or you can just do uh, body weight chins. To failure for three sets as your body weight goes up what's happening to your chin body weight goes up reps stay the same you're getting stronger so and it, it's it's not critical how you do your chin you just need to do some chins for your arms and your you know personal satisfaction with you know how you look to the to the, the people who are looking at you all the time, no doubt. Other dudes. Other typically. dudes, usually. Yeah. The women don't care. But I don't know. If you're a girl, you can do chins too, right? Sure. And Brie, how many chins can you do? I think am up to like 13. 13 chins. And look at Brie. Stunning beauty. She's a stunning beauty. You know, she thinks I'm joking, but I'm not. She is a beautiful girl because she does chins. Largely. That's the that's the reason she's the reason. That's the reason she, she looks yeah. like you. All right, so that's my secret. <laughs> so the program is very simple. And and your objection to the program is because it's too damn simple. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is it works just the way it is. It doesn't have to be complicated, but you guys are worshiping at the altar of complexity because you've read exercise physiology and all this other nobody's read goddamn irrelevant bullshit. Oh no, a bunch of people you know, bunch of people have read. They've been exposed to it, and everything has to be complicated, and you've got to do Matt Vaev's undulating periodization and all this other shit. And if you don't look, if you don't understand how Matt Vaev's undulating periodization applies to everybody on earth, you just don't understand periodization. You understand it, because everybody has to do Matt Veyev's undulating periodization because it's complicated and it's sine waves and all this other bullshit, right?
2: I think if you took your average person, your average starting strength fan, your average even anybody, and had them listen to the last ten minutes of of explaining how simple this is, um, I don't think they'd st- they, I don't I don't think they'd even be able to tell you what starting strength is, even though you've laid it out clearly and that that's that's the problem so was i
0: confused
2: no you're not i'm not saying i'm not saying anything wrong with what you said but i'm what i'm saying is if you ask people don't think about it That they don't think about it. if you ask the average coach what starting strength is they wouldn't be able to tell you ask the average starting strength coach and they would probably struggle to give you a concise explanation of what starting strength is right Um, And and this is
0: why we have begun starting off the seminar friday afternoon with an explanation what starting strength actually is because it's very very important that that you guys especially you guys trying to coach it understand that this is simple this is not complicated this is not what you learned in the PE department this is nothing more than how do you do the squat in a way that allows you to use the most muscle mass over the longest range of motion
2: I think you could explain it without even going into any detail about any aspect of the actual thing. You, you, the the more general, the better. So all what starting strength is 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 the most efficient approach for gaining strength. Yes, that's all it is. And within that, you've got one the why, which is the analysis of how to get stronger using barbells because that's the best way to get stronger, right? If the kettlebells did it, then starting strength would be a kettlebell program, but. Kettlebells don't, and nothing else does. Only barbells are the most efficient tool for making people stronger. Yes. And then the exercises that you've selected are the exercises using the barbells that make you the strongest most efficiently. And the second part of it is how to do it, which is the approach of progressively adding weight to the bar using the barbell lifts. And you do it as quickly as possible because you value strength, right, because you want to get stronger because you also understand that strength is the most important physical attribute you can develop and also the most trainable physical attribute. Yes. So that's all it is. It's the it's it's a way, it's the best way, the most efficient way. And when we say the best, when when I say the best, I mean the most efficient cuz you can get strong doing other shit You can shit get too. strong gonna, accidentally by fucking around. It's going to take longer. You know,
0: a lot of people have done that over the sure. years, sure. me included.
2: Sure. Right. Right, you know, it's the most efficient way to do these things. So, people come into this thing for all different reasons, and and everybody listening to this, after listening to your explanation, there was one or two things that they listened to and they said, and they they agree, right? And that's the that's the reason they found starting strength, the reason that they're doing starting strength. But as soon as that one th- that one thing is not enough, they don't have the big picture. They don't have the the big picture understanding. That it's the most efficient way to get stronger, and getting stronger is important. So if everybody can keep those two things in mind and actually give a shit about them, then they would they would follow the program and they'd stay with it. But that's the hard part, right? Because it's too broad, right? How important is getting strong to you? The hard part
0: is ignoring the noise, right? That is being generated by everybody else. All right, there's a bunch of noise out there that is. Largely coming from more advanced lifters that this program doesn't actually apply to. And we're going to, we'll talk about that later. Uh, guy's been a competitive power lifter for six years. The, the, the program I just described doesn't really apply to him anymore. And the reason for that is because as you get stronger, in whatever way, the stronger you get, the harder it is to add to that strength. It's the principle of diminishing returns. But if all you listen to, you're a kid, you know, a little snotty-nosed 18-year-old 155-pound kid that's wandered into the gym that realizes he's not very strong and he's not very big and he needs to get bigger and stronger. It is extremely easy to get distracted by advanced lifters. Advanced lifters' programs do not apply to him they do not apply to him. What applies to him is this program. Five, six exercises, five pounds of workout. That's all he needs to know. And that's how simple this is. It's nothing more complicated than that. But if you listen to the people who are extremely strong, who are doing much more complicated programs because they have to, and you think, Well, I want to be that strong, so I have to do that guy's program. You are making the most fundamental error that has ever been made in the gym. I made the same error. All of us that have been training 45 years made that same error. Every single one of us made the same mistake. And that is the mistake is easily articulated as Do the program that the guy you want to be like is doing.
2: They don't have the big picture. They don't have the the big picture understanding that it's the most efficient way to get stronger, and getting stronger is important. So if everybody can keep those two things in mind and actually give a shit about them, then they they would follow the program and they'd stay with it. But that's the hard part, right? Because it's too broad, right? How important is getting strong to you?
0: The hard part is ignoring the noise right that is being generated by everybody else all right there's a bunch of noise out there that is largely coming from more advanced lifters that this program doesn't actually apply to and we're gonna we'll talk about that later Uh, guy's been a competitive power lifter for six years the the, the program I just described doesn't really apply to him anymore. And the reason for that is because as you get stronger, in whatever way, the stronger you get, the harder it is to add to that strength. It's the principle of diminishing returns. But if all you listen to, you're a kid, you know, a little. Snotty-nosed, 18-year-old, 155-pound kid that's wandered into the gym that realizes he's not very strong and he's not very big and he needs to get bigger and stronger. It is extremely easy to get distracted by advanced lifters. Advanced lifters' programs do not apply to him. They do not apply to him. What applies to him is this program. Five, six exercises. Five pounds of workout. That's all he needs to know. And that's how simple this is. It's nothing more complicated than that. But if you listen to the people who are extremely strong, who are doing much more complicated programs because they have to, and you think, well, I want to be that strong, so I have to do that guy's program, you are making the most fundamental error that has ever been made in the gym. I made the same error. All of us that have been training 45 years made that same error. Every single one of us made the same mistake. And that is the mistake is easily articulated as do the program that the guy you want to be like is doing.
2: Which which what fundamentally what it is, is 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 avoiding the actual process of getting stronger because that individual also went through a serious process to get where he is.
0: Well, he may have or he may have taken a bunch of drugs or he yeah. may have been born strong or whatever in the fuck. But uh, somebody that's already squatting eight hundred does not apply, their program does not apply to your narrow ass. All right. It doesn't apply to you. You're one fifty five, you're eighteen. You're five foot ten. You're 155 pounds. You're a little skinny, dude. And what we're telling you is what you don't want to hear. What you don't want to hear is that you have to get strong five pounds at a time because you can't get strong 40 pounds at a time. It doesn't work that way. It adaptation is very very very, very straightforward. You change the environment the organism lives in and the organism either adapts to the new environment or it dies. We're going to fix up the environment to where you can adapt to it, but you have to do it five pounds at a time. Okay. You can't do it 40 pounds at a time because you putting a bunch of weight on the bar that you can't lift It's not going to make you strong. It's just going to make you miss the work. All right? And uh, remember, accumulation, that word is very, very important. You accumulate an adaptation. I don't care how the 800-pound squatter accumulated his adaptation. I'm telling you that the most efficient way to accumulate the adaptation is five pounds at a time because that – is an increment that you can recover from. It's an increment you can display. It's an increment that can be sustained for a very long period of time. If we could take you from a 135 pound squat to a 365 pound squat without any interruptions at all, then at 365 pounds, you're a hell of a lot stronger. And then you may be entitled to start making some decisions about how you're going to continue to get up to a 600 pound squat. But until you have done the fundamental work of five pounds at a time, adding five pounds of workout to your squat until you get to 365 pounds, or more likely 405, then. Nothing else is deserving of your attention. Five more pounds is all you worry about. And we'll solve the more complicated problem of how to continue to get stronger after you have exhausted the, poss- the, the potential of the five-pound incremental increase. Because until that takes place, you've still got the potential to demonstrate an increase in strength. Now, somebody like Brian Fox walks into the gym. This guy's a freak. He's incredibly strong. He's just a strong guy. There are guys like that around. Brian Fox took his novice five pounds of workout squat up into the low fives. The low 500s, five pounds at a time. Now, you may not be able to do that, but. Just because you're already strong does not mean that five pounds of workout three days a week won't work for you. Until you have exhausted the possibility of a five-pound increase three times a week, then that possibility remains viable for you, all right?
2: It's a matter of degree, too, right? Because if Brian Brian hadn't done that and taken his LP up into the fives – He would have been leaving a lot of strength on the table. On the
0: table, even though he's already strong. That's right. You can get – it it, it doesn't matter if you're already strong for whatever reason. Birth, good luck, whatever you want. If you have not gone through the process of adding five pounds of workout to the squat, then the squat will get stronger five pounds at a time. Until you exhaust that process, and it will exhaust – for everybody, at some point, nobody squats two thousand pounds, right? The process exhausts, but until it has exhausted, nothing more complicated is necessary. Okay, it doesn't need to be any more complicated than that, and therefore it shouldn't be any more complicated than that. But you think it's too simple, okay? And that's why you won't do it. All right, so that's that's the number one reason you won't do the program, and the reason that that is the number one reason is because that's the one that everybody that's the mistake everybody makes they want it to be more complicated than it actually has to be and it shouldn't be complicated if you get past the idea that we are training muscle groups we don't care about muscle groups. We don't have favorite muscle groups. We have movement patterns. We are training the squat, which is a normal human movement pattern. Squatting down is standing back up. It's what your hips and knees are for. All right? We train picking something up off the ground, a normal human movement pattern. We train pushing things up over your head. We train, we train pushing things away from you. We train throwing things up and catching them, and we train pulling things toward you. Those are the six basic human movement patterns that we train, and they cover all of the muscle groups without you even having to know the names of the damn things, okay? You don't need to know the difference between the VMO and the vastus lateralis. You don't have to know the difference between that because the squat trains them all and it trains them in specifically the ways that your musculoskeletal anatomy has determined that they function okay so that's why you won't that's the number one reason you won't do the program it's it's just you think it's too simple can't possibly work well it does work it works every single time without exception it works every single time for you For your mom for your grandmother for your uncles and aunts and everybody you know it'll work the same way for them one way or another it can be adapted to work for every human being okay but no you think it's too simple all right well all right what's next Oh, here's another reason why you won't do the program, because it's only three days a week. It's only three days a week. I've got seven days. This only takes three. What about if I do six days a week? Wouldn't that be better? Or even seven days a week? Don't I get stronger faster if I train more than less? Well, no. No, you don't. Uh, I understand you like to go to the gym. I understand you had buddies at the gym. You like being around the gym. You like the atmosphere. You like the, you know, you got friends up there that train together and get under the bar, and you spot them, and they spot you, and everybody gets, and you like being there. I understand that. And if you want to go to the gym the other four days a week, that's fine. Go ahead and go to the gym. Just don't do anything while you're there because the process, remember, the process is stress recovery. From the stress, and the result is adaptation. Recovery from the stress cannot take place if you continue to apply the stress. Now, advanced lifters can benefit from more than three days a week. One of the better programs that we have in practical programming for strength training is the four day a week split and that that incurs uh that requires two uh exposures to upper body lower body at a time and typically the way we divide that up is like monday and thursday you'll squat and deadlift and on third on on tuesday and friday you will do your pressing your bench pressing chins that sort of thing all right and there's several different ways to arrange it. And these are all discussed in the gray book. Uh, but that is for an advanced lifter. That's not for you. All right. If you haven't been training very long, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, take two weeks off on the weekend, rest, recover, eat too much. And get ready for Monday because we're going up five pounds. Uh, it, it, you know, I understand you like to be in the gym. You know, go to the gym, fine with me. Just sit around. You know, I I haven't noticed uh, Wichita Falls Athletic Club being full of people who aren't training that day. <laughs> Typically, productive people will find something more productive to do than sit around in the gym and talk, right? I mean, maybe that happens in the I'm not there in the morning. We got people in the morning that are standing around?
2: No, every rack is taken in the morning.
0: Every rack taken by people, by different people than yesterday yeah. that are actually training, right? Yeah. So what typically happens is if you don't go to the gym but three days a week, you get more productive with the other four days <laughs> that you're not in the gym. And we encourage productivity. You know, productivity is a... It's an unpopular commodity these days, but I want to encourage you guys to get productive, all right, please, and don't waste your time when you're not in the gym. You don't need to train more than three days a week, and therefore you shouldn't train more than three days a week.
2: And if you're doing it right, you shouldn't want to train extra days. No, if you're doing it right, you're 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 tired. Fuck that, I'm not going tomorrow.
0: You're doing it right. You did Monday right. Tuesday, you don't want to be in the gym.
1: Right.
2: Yeah.
0: And if on Tuesday you find that you do want to be in the gym, you probably didn't. You probably just fucked around on Monday. Right. You didn't make your numbers. Yeah. All right, see, so starting strength is a program. When you walk in the gym on Wednesday, you're doing numbers that you've already written down that are based on what you did Monday. You know what you're going to do. Those numbers are gonna be bigger than the ones you did on Monday. That's the nature of training. That's the nature of a program of training. You know what you're gonna do, but if you're gonna if you did Monday correctly, Tuesday needs to be a rest
2: day. When you're on your N L P every day you go into the gym is the heaviest day you've ever had.
0: That's right. Every day is a PR. Yeah every day is a PR by design every day is a PR a personal record every time you train because for six months that's the that's the intention that's the intention of the of the program as you go up a little bit every time every workout's a personal record has to be that way now there will come a time when personal records will only come once a week there will come a time when personal records only come once a month but that's not you that's way later there'll be there'll be times when personal records come through four times a year and that's all if you're a competitor prs are once they're, they're big events because you're already very strong the stronger you already are through this process the harder it is to get a little stronger Principle diminishing returns. Everybody's familiar with it, right? Uh, You want to take your...
2: Bree just got really sad. (laughs)
0: Yeah. She she
2: thinks she should be hitting PRs every week, so...
0: Yeah, she's been training pretty hard for, what, five years now? How long has it been? Six years. Six years. She's an advanced lifter. (laughs) Poor little thing. (laughs) You know, when, when you're a competitor... PRs come at meets. They should come at meets, right? Unless you're an Olympic lifter, because you, you're an Olympic lifter and you're real, real bright, you don't try PRs at meets. But power lifters get PRs at meets. So the two things are different: Olympic lifting, power lifting, not the same thing, right? Comments from the haters to
1: the,
0: to the contrary, right? But you've got uh, you've got to understand that. Uh, the recovery part of the stress recovery adaptation uh, formula process has got to be present has to be present if you overtrain you will not make progress overtraining happens oh if you're a novice you have to try real hard to overtrain you really do, because your ability to recover is commensurate with your lack of having recovered before. The 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 more novice you are, the easier it is to get recovered, and the harder it is to do so much that you can't recover. That's no reason to overtrain. It's no reason to over program. It's no reason to train six days a week. But overtraining is a is a a much more significant problem the stronger that you are because the stronger you are the more able you are to apply a stress to yourself that requires more and more recovery but when you're a novice lifter if you just go monday wednesday friday and go up five pounds of workout everything's going to be it's astonishing how fast you get strong you you will not believe how quick this happens we get I mean, countless, countless reports from all over everywhere about guys that are 47 years old that started doing this and are now squatting in the 400s that started when they were in their 40s. And that are tickled about that. They're real, real happy with us for showing them that it doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to take up 40 hours a week. To get this done. Okay. It's only three days a week. That's a problem, right? For those of you that are, you know, high achievers, want to do more, right? You have to discipline yourself, right? Now, here's another reason why you the program is because you have failed to appreciate the novice effect now the novice effect is what we've been talking about here if you come into the gym and add five pounds of workout to your squat and you know two pounds to your press and bench press five to ten pounds to your deadlift every workout for quite a while you can do that if you've never done it before if you've never gone through the process of adding five pounds of workout to your squat, five to 10 pounds of workout to your deadlift, deadlift goes up faster than the squat does. Cause the range of motion is shorter, more muscle mass relative to the better mechanical position for the knees and hips, uh, going through the process of adding five pounds at first and then two pounds, two and a half pounds to the bench press, uh, two pounds and one pound at a time to the to the press if you haven't gone through that process then the possibility of using that process remains and it doesn't matter how strong you are when you walk in the gym the novice effect is present i mean if you've got if you kid walks in the gym he's he's uh He's 18. He's 155. He's 5'10. He's a little skinny, underdeveloped male. All right. And he's got an average 22 inch vertical jump. All right. His progress is going to be steady. He's going to go from 135 to 145 to 150 to 155 to 160, et cetera, five pounds at a time until he's up in his 300s on the squat. He'll do that. If he just does the program. But let's say the guy walks in the gym and he's he's had never trained before, but by virtue of his genetic endowment, he is five ten, he's one fifty five, and he's got a vertical jump of thirty two inches. These there are people like that. There are people that are like that. People with big vertical jumps genetically are stronger than people with low or average vertical jumps this is because of the neuromuscular efficiency they possess and we can talk about that at a different time but that's there are people that are born stronger than other people these people have bigger vertical jumps kid walks in the gym with a 32 inch vertical and a 135 pound squat because he's never squatted before the next workout for him might be 155 And then he might go to 175, and then 185, and then 195, and 205. And it might be up in the 300s before that kid goes to five-pound jumps. But that kid will end up his novice linear progression well up into the 400-pound range. He will gain weight faster. His body weight will go from 135 to 175 in in four months and just damn near all of it will be muscle because he's a genetic freak not everybody responds the same way to progressive overload and not everybody demonstrates exactly the same strength increase as everybody else using the same program because the program is go up as much as you can recover between workouts for most people that is five pounds but for some people it's 10 pounds and for a very few people it might be 20 pounds so it depends on who you are but nonetheless the process is exactly the same stress recovery from that stress adaptation and the amount of stress you can tolerate is an individual matter would we approach the the five pound per workout increase for your grandmother for your 67 year old grandmother no we wouldn't because for her a five pound stress is not recoverable from three days a week we would we would do it differently we might only have her twice a week we might have her once a week or or, or three times a week and make the incremental increase a uh, pound and a half, but you have to understand she's still doing the same program for the same reason, because she can adapt incrementally several times a week, and that's how she gets strongest the fastest. And she'll do the same exercises that her grandson will do. And we may have to we may have to adapt the 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 technique that she's going to use for physical limitations or injuries that she's she's accumulated over the time but but it's it remains the same program still starting strength the novice effect is an extremely important deal all right it it really is it's why this program works the way it does now if you are a competitive lifter and you've been training 15 years uh, and you've never done the novice program the way we've done it, it might work for you. Could very well. If you've never just tried adding five pounds of workout to three sets of five squats, try it. It might work a couple of months. You might make PRs. Just doing something simple like that. All right. Because if you have not exhausted the potential for the novice effect to operate, then it, it's available to you even though you're already squatting 650. Try it.
2: This might it, not be on the same level, but you know I've only trained one I would consider freak athlete since uh, since I started doing this. And I ran him through the NLP, and we got his squat in the mid-fours before he started slowing down, before he yeah, started getting hard.
0: That's, that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. Most of us do not have access to freak athletes. Yeah. I've only trained four or five of them. You know, but what happened with all of them is that the novice progression petered out way, way, way higher than it petered out for guys on the street. Mm -hmm. Right. But the process worked. The same exact process worked for Greg Henderson as worked for his mother. It's the same. That The results look different. The application looks different. But the process is the same. Okay?
2: The, the downsides of not doing the program are usually hidden. For, uh, of not doing a program like this are, are hidden for the uh, athletically gifted because uh, they don't need it. But there are lots of upsides to doing it for somebody who's, for somebody who's very strong and very athletic. Right, right. So, like we talked about with Fox, if you, right. if, if he uh, hadn't done it, he left, he leaves strength on. He's the table. leaving
0: potential on the table, right. Now, think about that when you consider Division One athletics programs at the university level. You know, you've got a whole army of recruiters that go out and do nothing but identify genetic freaks. That's their job, is to look at talent on the field. And talent on the field is strength and explosive capacity displayed in a sport. You find those guys, you hire them, and you send them to the school, and you put them in the weight room. And what does the strength and conditioning coach do? He fucks around He has them do 10-pound dumbbells on unstable surfaces displaying the athletic ability that got them recruited. But does he typically shove them under the bar with five more pounds of workout three days a week? No, he doesn't do that.
2: Catching tennis balls.
0: Because it's not complicated enough. Yeah. And he thinks... He has to make it complicated so that the head coach will appreciate him because of course the head coach can't appreciate an increase of 15 pounds a week in a squat, a 60 pound increase in the squat in a month, a 120 pound increase in the squat in two months, a 240 pound increase in the squat in four months. Head coaches are stupid that way. Right? But that loss of potential is that's the norm. That's the norm in college programs. The and, and we say this all the time and nobody believes this, but the worst strength and conditioning coaches In the business are operating at the division one level in colleges and universities all across the country i'm sorry but they don't understand this this discussion we are having today all right if the novice progression has not been applied then the the potential for it to work remains there and it doesn't matter how strong the kid already is A kid with a great big vertical is going to show you a stronger set of five squats on day one than the average kid because he's more neuromuscularly efficient. But don't let that fool you. Don't let that talk you into putting him on a more advanced program than a five-pound jump every time he trains, three days a week. Look at the ability to accumulate a strength adaptation, five pounds at a time. Just do the do the arithmetic. You're, you, it's amazing. What could you do with, you know, basic training in the military, if this thing, if this novice effect was appreciated and applied at the level it could be. What would you have for a infantry if everybody on the ground is squatting 405 for five?
2: At the very least, you'd have a lot less... Uh, you'd have a lot permission. less injured guys, wouldn't you? Well, you'd have a lot less, yeah, 100% disability guys. Yep. Bad backs, bad knees, bad shoulders.
0: And, you know, the, the, you're telling me that you can't do that with the demographic that you've got enlisting in the, in the military? You can't take them in and show them how to squat and go up five pounds of workout three days a week. Why not? Am I that much smarter than you are? I can. I, I find that difficult to believe. But you're just pig-headed about your thinking. Everybody has to run for some reason. This is still World War One. I, I do I don't understand this. this. This emphasis on conditioning. You know, but you're actually. Of the opinion that a 19-year-old kid that's squatting three sets of five at 405 can't run a a six-and-a-half-minute mile? (laughs) What the hell is wrong with you? And even if he can't run a a six-and-a-half-minute mile, what does he need to run a a six-and-a-half-minute mile for? He's squatting three sets of five at 405, and he's going to 410 next time. (laughs) What's more important, him running away or him picking up his buddy in kit and putting him in the helicopter to get him the hell out of there. I, uh, man, that's just too much frustration. Too much frustration for me. Uh, all right, here, here we go with, uh, with part four. And, and, and this is getting kind of repetitive, but, um, uh, uh I've seen comments about the program that indicate skepticism, not about whether the program works as fast as it does, but concerned about the fact that it works that fast. And whether or not this is a good thing, honest to God, I've seen the comment that just because you can add five pounds to your squat every workout doesn't mean that you should.
2: <laughs> Why not? Think of the downside. Think oh, of the what's the downside? Think got of the too
0: strong. He got too strong.
2: Look. Broke his cabinets. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Ripped the door off of his car.
0: (laughs) You you people have to understand that the human body is a system. All the components of the human body that are stressed respond to that stress with adaptation. Your muscles don't get too strong for your tendons because your tendons adapt at the same rate of speed that your muscles adapt. And guess what your bones do? Same thing, right? If you take your squat from 135 pounds to 405, everything that got stressed by the squat has adapted to the stress because it had to. The fact that you're squatting 405 demonstrates that the adaptation has taken place. This is not complicated. This is just not complicated. One of the features of life, that's how fundamental this is, is the ability for that organism to adapt to changes in its environment, because if it couldn't adapt to changes in its environment, and environments do change, then that organism could not remain alive to procreate, reproduce, pass on the adaptive ability to progeny and continue to exist in that changing environment life is incredibly good at adapting within reason now if suddenly a volcano explodes under lake tanganyika and the temperature of the water goes from 80 degrees to 145 degrees in a matter of hours, everything's dead, right? But if you get geothermal events developing under Lake Tanganyika and the water temperature goes from 80 degrees to 82 degrees over a period of, oh, two or three years. That is within the capacity of the organisms to adapt. The ones that can't adapt, die off. The ones that can't adapt, adapt and reproduce and pass along the adaptive processes within their genome to the progeny. That's how fundamental this is. This is just life shit. Adaptation occurs. If the stress can be adapted to. If it can't be adapted to, you die. If it can't be adapted to, you adapt. So that's why five pounds on the squat causes you to adapt because you it's something you can recover from. You take 405, you go to 410. You squat it three sets of five. You adapt it. Next time you go to 415. You know, that's the process we've been talking about. But let's say you take this, this gifted, because the recruiter put him in your locker room, uh, five 5'11", 195-pound kid, and you put him on an unstable surface with a 20-pound dumbbell. What adaptation are you asking for? What adaptation is going to occur if the stress is inadequate to force recovery and adaptation? Well, nothing. This represents the wasted potential we are talking about. If you don't ask for an adaptation, you won't get one. You have to know how to ask for the adaptation so you don't overface the organism. But a 195-pound, 5'11 kid with a 30-inch vertical jump is an amazing organism. And if you don't ask him to adapt for you, you're wasting his potential. You know, that kid goes from a 275-pound squat to a 495-pound squat in a year. What's his performance going to look like? Well, it's going to be quite a bit better, isn't it? But you didn't ask for it because you're dancing around in the floor on unstable surfaces with dumbbells. Because you think that looks sporty to the head coach. (laughs) Head coaches are notoriously stupid people. Sports coaches are just, they're not very bright. I'm sorry if you're a, if you're offended by this You're probably a sports coach Because all the rest of us know how dumb you are <laughs> We dealt with you in school And we know how dumb We remember how dumb you are Alright But uh, I mean if it doesn't If you don't ask it to work fast Then it won't work at all Because it can work fast You can adapt five pounds of workout. And if you can and you're not, then you're wasting potential. All right, why you won't do the program? Here's part five because it doesn't work fast enough. Now, as stupid as that sounds, we hear it, you know. I'm not losing weight as fast as I thought I would be. This doesn't work and it's taking too much time. Well, as I told you when we started, weight loss is diet, not exercise, and you're supposed to be gaining muscle. Well, but that's not what they say, you know. That's not what they say. And you know what? They're wrong. Um, If your primary interest here is aesthetics, you're going to be disappointed with this kind of a program. Uh, Because your version of aesthetics is abs. Now, isn't it? Your version of aesthetics is muscularity and separation and definition and vascularity and all of the shit that Frank Zane was so good at displaying to you. All right. But we're not doing that. That's not why we're here. We're here to get strong. If you are primarily interested in bodybuilding, the smartest thing you can do is this program for a couple of years and develop the basic size you need to have muscles to de- to define, right? But most people don't do that. Most people that are interested in aesthetics and bodybuilding uh, are happy to stay at 165 pounds. Well, the best bodybuilders in the world are not 165 pounds best bodybuilders in the world are great big strong guys that have learned how to manipulate their diet that that more importantly started off with correct genetics for this kind of thing Uh, you know if if you are born with thick skin and the ability to store subcutaneous fat you're not going to be a good bodybuilder bodybuilders are born they're also trained correctly but By the same token, you can train a guy without bodybuilding genetics the same way you train a bodybuilder with good genetics and you will have somebody that can't place at the state meet because aesthetics are genetic, right? You know how not everybody is as handsome as Paul Pelosi? He's just a handsome guy. No, seriously, Paul Pelot, you've seen his picture recently, right? He's a handsome guy.
2: You say so, man.
0: Look, I'm not a, I'm not a gay man. I'm just, I'm <laughs> just telling you. you that the, <laughs> a You can't tell that you, you don't know that Rock Hudson was a handsome guy? Rock Hudson. You don't even know who that is, do you? Nope.
2: Oh, God damn it.
0: Am I that old that I'm the only one in the room that knows who Rock Hudson is? I refuse to believe that.
2: Let, let me just say one thing here: Rock Hudson was born in 1925 <laughs> and died in 1985. So yeah, huge Rock actually, Hudson fans back here. Yeah, I was I was four <laughs> Look, when he died. You were, you were four when he died, <laughs> but you born. don't have a television, right? <laughs> I haven't watched. You've any never seen a movie Hudson movies lately,
0: <laughs> right? All right, how about a Cary Grant. You know who Cary Grant is? Yeah. Well, handsome when guy. was Cary Grant born? A handsome guy. Handsome guy. Yeah. Born in the 20s. Yeah. Hell, he might have been born in the teens. You don't know. Look him up. Look I'm up Cary up. Grant. See I'm when he was born. Up.
2: Yeah. I'm looking all these people up. Don't know him. You know Cary Grant. You've seen I don't the... know Cary Grant. Oh, yeah, I know. I know who he is. See, so you've seen Cary Grant, yeah. and you know who Cary Grant
0: is, but you don't know who Rock Hudson is. That's 19... not my fault. That is. Okay. Born in That's 19... not my fault. It's not
2: my fault either. 1904. <laughs>
0: 1904. <laughs> 1904. Handsome guy, though, right? Born that way he was handsome when he was 12 right aesthetics or genetic that's all there is to it aesthetics or genetic and you if you do not have the genetics you are misplacing your time by trying to train for bodybuilding trying to train muscle groups trying to Trying to achieve the the things that advanced bodybuilders are born with.
2: It's also completely subjective. Like, what what do you mean by aesthetic? Who? Wh- when somebody says they're training right. for aesthetics, what the hell do they actually mean? They don't, this they is, don't know.
0: This is why bodybuilding's not a sport. It's not a sport. There's no quantitative well,
2: yeah, I mean, if you, if you way do, you can't quantify aesthetics. But if a guy says he wants to do bodybuilding, okay, well, let's do bodybuilding. All right, you're going to do the novice linear progression, and then you're going to get really strong. then you're going to do gonna a bunch of really curls big, and, and shit. You're gonna, uh-huh. And then you're going to start dieting, and then right. we'll see what happens, right? Right. But, but if, if, if usually somebody says, is using the argument that they care about aesthetics because they're arguing against working hard. That's That's what it comes down to. They don't right. want to do a hard program to get stronger. Um, That's cool. Just stay skinny, man.
0: Fine with me. Yep. Stay skinny. That's not Dorian's approach. Yep. Wasn't Ronnie's approach. Right. Those guys lifted big, heavy weights. They trained their asses off with heavy weights. They got strong because they know strong is big. Yep. And big can be refined. Right. But little is always going to be little.
2: Yep. And, and universally, if you want to talk about what what is aesthetically pleasing, a big, strong, capable man is more aesthetically pleasing than a small, skinny man. Of course, he is, because
0: so, most of us don't hang around in speedos, right? You know, with brown paint all over us. Yeah. Right. Uh, the most important changes that you can make to your aesthetics uh, happen, in fact relatively quickly if your deadlift goes from 135 to 495 which it can do it can do in a couple of years anybody can do that in a couple anybody can get their deadlift to 495 five plates anybody can do that you know if you're a male and you you can't get your deadlift to 495 you either started too old or you hadn't been training long enough because anybody can do that and what are the aesthetic changes that happen with increasing your deadlift up to 495 now think about this your neck gets bigger your traps get bigger your shoulders get broader you grow lats because lats are heavily involved in the deadlift your hips get deeper your quads get bigger Your hands get gnarly looking and your forearms get big, right? And we can see that with you standing there in your pants and a T-shirt, which is the way you normally dress most of the time. Unless you are something, something's very, very wrong with you. Nobody cares about your abs. No one cares about your abs. This is tough for you to hear, I know. But nobody gives a shit about your abs. You know, we don't want to see a big gut on you. Unless it's me. Everybody wants to see a big gut on me. <laughs> you know, I've got to have a gut. You're a 23 year old guy, and you take your deadlift from nothing up to 495. You have changed aesthetically, and you haven't done anything except get stronger. The process of getting stronger has made your muscles grow, and they have grown in places where everybody can see them. And everyone notices this kind of thing. Everybody notices when a guy's neck grows two inches, when traps start sticking up off of his shoulders, when his forearms get big, when his hips get deep, when his quads get bigger. Everybody notices all that stuff, all right, without you having to take off your fucking clothes. You know, uh this this bodybuilding thinking is not productive to your training. One more reason why you won't do the program is because Rip is fat. <laughs> Rip is fat, therefore his program will make you fat. That's kind of Primitive thinking, isn't it? Isn't that the same kind of thinking as If you want to have the courage of the lion, you must eat the heart of the lion.
2: Well, That's YouTube comment thinking.
0: YouTube comment level thinking. Bottom 3%. Oh, you know, look. I'm 66. I weigh 235. I've got a little gut on me, but I'm only about 25% body fat. Now, when I was... I've never been real lean. The most lean I've ever been's probably been about fourteen percent body fat because I'm not naturally a lean guy. When I was competing at two twenty and uh, doing my biggest numbers, I was you know five eight, uh, weighed two twenty at the meet. Probably walked around, went two twenty four, something like that, and I had a flat belly. But I'm 66. I don't care about having a flat belly. Why do you guys think that I give a fuck about what you think I look like? Do you think that I'm seeking your romance? You think that I desire your approval for my aesthetics? You really think that? I don't care. I like to eat. I eat probably too much although not as much as i used to certainly not as much as i used to uh, i'll tell you the story that time about when i was at the olympic training center back in 89 the olympic training center back then had a hell of a cafeteria their their chow hall was amazing
2: the 200 pork chops or whatever you well mean?
0: it was no the, it was 225 shrimp <laughs> <laughs> it was 24 pork chops it had 24 pork chops is all you could eat pork chop thing you know (laughs) kept going back ate 24 pork chops and there's a bunch of other shit too i obviously don't eat like that anymore because i don't i'm just not that hungry because i'm not training like i was at, at that time but uh look the program stands by itself it doesn't matter who wrote it doesn't matter if you know a big giant fat person wrote the program if it works it works and the program works every single time it is correctly applied. Now, if you do the program wrong, you don't get to blame it on the fact that I'm fat. All right. Let's say I'm fat. Let's say I weigh 315. Let's say that the let's say that the smallest skin fold I have is 45 millimeters anywhere on me the smallest skin fold i've got 40 if the program is applied correctly it works every single time and it doesn't matter what my skin folds are right and uh you know this is a we hear this all the time usually just from the haters but uh, it doesn't really matter uh what uh, uh it doesn't, Nothing matters except that the fucking thing works every time it's applied. And here's, and here's another little thing that goes right along with that. People don't want to do this program because the strongest guys in the world didn't do this program. That's kind of a problem, isn't it? Well, if you're not a clear thinker, yes, that's, that's kind of a problem. Did Ed Cohen do this program? No, because this program hadn't been developed when Ed Cohen was getting strong. (laughs) But I'll tell you that Ed Cohen did a version of the program or he wouldn't have been as strong as he was. You know, I know Ed, and he's never told me that I'm doing anything wrong. You know, greatest Olympic weightlifters in the world never, never did this program. Does that mean it doesn't work? Well, no. Because the phenomenology is that it works every single time. We've got guys in our coaching staffs that squat 700. We've got guys that deadlifting in the mid-700s that are starting strength coaches that are training at starting strength gyms. We've got very, very strong people doing this. But as wonderful as that is, who do we care about training? We care about training the strongest people in the world. Do I get butt hurt over the fact that Andy Bolton does not do starting strength? I don't care what these guys do. They're not our demographic. They're not our target audience for this program. Who do we train? Who do we train? We train Andy Bolton's mother. We train Andy's uncle. We train Ed Cohen's cousins. We train normal people that don't have the slightest interest in being competitive lifters. That's not our target audience for this program. Our target audience for this program is people who realize they need to be stronger than they are, and they need a logical, fast, effective safe way to get them there that's who we care about training not the strongest people in the world they're not of any interest to us at all the fact that they have not done this program is irrelevant to the fact that the program works every single time it is tried i mean you do you not understand this? Do you don't understand that we don't care about competitive lifters. This is not a powerlifting program. I hear that objection all the time. If if, if, if Ripito is right, how come the how come the guys at the worlds aren't doing his program? Well, you don't know that they're not doing my program. You don't know that they're not doing a version of the program. You don't know that we haven't influenced a lot of the guys at the world level. You don't know that. But the fact that the guys at the worlds are not wearing my t-shirts doesn't make any difference to me at all. I don't care about them that's not what the that's not the business that we're in
2: They're also the easiest people to coach they're they're the easiest people to coach there's no there's no um just because somebody coaches somebody at that level doesn't uh, mean that they're somehow a font of knowledge and wisdom those people do what they need to do they eat what they need to eat they train their ass off uh, efforting said that in the yeah. talk as and that's exactly right and they're, the coaching they're the easiest people to coach
0: if all you deal with is advanced athletes all right look at west side barbell for for example now, Louis Simmons wouldn't even let you in his gym if you weren't total in 2,000 pounds. He wouldn't even take you, he wouldn't let you train there if you weren't total in 2,000. Right? So, did Louis Simmons make all of those guys real, real strong?
2: No, he showed up strong.
0: Think clearly here. If the only people he associated with were total in 2,000, Everybody he trains is strong. Did he or did he not have anything to do with it? How do you know? How do you know? Right? This is the the D1 football problem again. It's a version of the D1 football team. Everybody on the team is a freak or they wouldn't be there. Is everybody on the team strong? Yeah. Yeah. Strength and conditioning coach have anything to do with it? No. Strength and conditioning coach make them stronger? Maybe, but probably not. Because if you don't require them to be stronger through your training program, require them to lift heavier weights in a programmable, incremental way, then you're not making them stronger. All they're doing is going from 18 to 21. Take a, a, a freak, feed him real, real well, and let him go from the age of 18 to the age of 21. What does he do? Well, he gets stronger. Was it your fault? No, he just failed to die. And he got stronger. So, man, I don't know. So those are the reasons why you won't do the program. All right. Did I leave anything out? Anybody want to say anything about this? Nope. <clears throat> oh. Well, but it's your job to add to the it's your job to add to the to the program. I
2: contributed greatly, I feel like. Uh I don't think you said shit.
0: You didn't say shit.
2: I think that my uh your your points were highlighted very uh Uh, uh, exquisitely exquisitely by me yeah I think I was able to expand upon your your uh, your when it was necessary when it was necessary
0: and so what you're saying is most of the time I was so compelling and clear that it wasn't necessary for you to exquisitely
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's absolutely right just elaborate so good so good
0: well I can live with that
2: it's fantastic shit All right. I'm inspired well uh, let's I'm going to run our little discussion. NLP again just to do it. Well, I think you should. I'm going to go punch a college strength and conditioning coach. Nice.
0: That's the, if you can find them, you know. <laughs> we got a little college here in town. I wonder who the strength conditioning coach is over there.
2: I'm going to punch a genetic freak.
0: I don't know. <laughs> genetic freak won't care that you punched him. <laughs> He'll just punch you back, and you will be a laid out on the ground motherfucker. <laughs> That's what you will be. All right still going to do it all right now i think that's all we got for today uh as usual we appreciate your attention and you know if we if we've uh clarified anything today um i hope it's been that things don't have to be complicated to work well right complexity has uh always been um, overappreciated, especially by stupid people. They think, well, this is so complicated. I don't understand it. It must be good. No, it's not. No, it's not. If it could be made more simple than it needs to be. And starting strength is very simple. It's very straightforward. Incremental increases using the correct versions of the exercise. It's not complicated, and you can do it, and you should. All right? So go train. See you next time.